Good morning. Have you ever, have you ever had uh, you had a, a, a sock that was worn out and it kept sliding down your leg? You know, and, and, and you can't, you know, you're in a place where you can't always pick it up, right? Are you? So have you ever, have you ever had that? Or any other thing where you knew that just something, it was, it was, it was a distraction to you, you know what I mean? That's the way I feel with this mic today, so pray for me. Okay. My socks are intact. <laughs> the microphone, however, is just a major distraction for me right now. So, praise the Lord. <laughs> and I'm fighting it right now with everything I am. Lord, I need your help this morning. But you know, I, I make a joke, but honestly, isn't that always the way it is in, in our lives? In our lives, there, this is a minor thing, obviously. But in our lives, we have all of these distractions, all of these things that we have to do, but the way we pour ourselves into each of those things that we're, we're having to do, our responsibilities, as it were, in the everyday life, I mean, they all can be, and in most cases, turn out to be distractions from what's important, and that is our relationship with God and, and living our lives in the presence of God. I wonder, when you're going about your business, and I'm, and I'm speaking to me too, so please. So as we're going about our business in our everyday life, whether we're driving down the road, whether we're you know, meeting with colleagues, whether at work or whatever, are we always aware, and I know the answer to this, don't answer it, are we always aware of the presence of God? Right? So, so now, my brothers and sisters, for us, uh, hopefully what we do by coming together today by praying together, by uh, looking at the Word of God together, we can be more cognizant of that. We can leave here, and my hope is that all of us leave here with a better sense of, what? The presence of God. Not just when we're in church, or not just when we're in our quiet times, but all the time, wherever we are, whatever it is that we're doing. Amen? That's the benefit that we have as being His children. You know, we, we can live in His presence. Yeah, God is everywhere simultaneously, but, you know, it, there's a different revelation, there's a different experience that we have with God because we not only have that awareness that God is everywhere, but we, we have His presence in us. Amen? Amen? So, so, you know, but we need to make sure that we're not grieving that or suppressing that or, or doing anything like that. And I don't know why that I said that, except that this mic is bothering me today, and maybe that's all it is, pal. So, Father, here we are. Again, we're different ages, gender, um, nationalities, races. Father, but we're all one in you. And we all suffer certain things in our lives. Father, we're different. We're, we're probably at different seasons in our lives as it relates to spirituality, different seasons in our lives as it, as it relates to uh, the human aspect of, of who we are and what we do. But Lord, wherever we are, Father, in this moment, Father, we give ourselves to you. Father, forgive us for those things that we did this week for the lack of awareness. Father, for the things that we did that we weren't sure we should be doing, for the things that we did, Father, that we knew we shouldn't be doing. Yes, Lord. And Father, for some of those things that we should have done that we didn't. Father, here and now, in this moment, we ask You for forgiveness. Yes. And we ask, Lord, that You would touch each and every heart, soul, and mind here this morning. Father, with Your Word, with Your Spirit, Lord, that we can truly, not just preacher talk, not just Sunday morning Christian. No, Lord, that we could truly leave out of here different than when we came in. And we can leave out of here and live this week with a greater sense, Father, not only of your presence, but also your purpose. And Lord, please, allow us to have your presence influence everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. We're going to begin uh, today uh, a new study. I'm not sure how long this will go. Maybe just this week. I don't know. But we're going to be in Philippians. And I want to start off 
uh, with this verse, and hopefully you'll understand, or the Lord will bring to your understanding why. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 1, I'm going to be reading this, this verse, we'll be read together. It's out of the New Living Translation. The reason why I picked that translation is because it just says it so plainly, I don't have to explain it or anything. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Whatever happens. Whatever happens. This is hard to do. Whatever happens. What does whatever mean? Whatever. 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 Whatever happens, rejoice in the Lord. What does rejoice mean? To overflow with joy. To let this your exuberance show. Rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things and I do it to safeguard your faith. Now, I look at this and I get all kinds of excited and that's why I started here. I get to remind you of things. Well, I've already heard that, Pastor. Well, guess what? I get to remind you of these things and there's a purpose for it. What's the purpose? To safeguard your faith. So there are some things that we need to be reminded of continuously and constantly. Why? Because we're constantly and continuously getting beat about the head and shoulders out there. Has anybody had any difficulties this week? Yeah, well, there was about four of us. Has anybody had any difficulties this week? (laughs) Yes, that's part of life. But because of the difficulties that we have, and then when we come in here and you get to hear a preacher talk and you get to you sing songs and you do all that stuff, but then you go back out there. So we need to come together and continue to remind ourselves of these things, remind each other of these things, build each other up, love on each other, and not listen, not be guarded, and not be hypocrites, or not be phony. I've got some weaknesses. I heard one amen. There will be at least one person at this altar at the end of this. No, but, 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 but are you with me? Not be phony, not be hypocrites, but come together and love each other regardless, because that's the way Jesus does it, regardless of who you are and what you've done. Jesus loves you and He died for you. Amen? So if you're good enough for Jesus to love, then guess what? You're good enough for me to love. Amen? Okay, so now we come together and we build up each other's faith and we remind each other of the same old basic principles and fundamentals. Are you with me? Yes. Alright. So now, this letter is written by Paul, obviously, to the, to the church. It's actually pronounced Philippi, but we say Philippi. This church and its leaders, its elders, its deacons and all, so... Paul is writing this letter, but Paul is in prison in Rome while he's writing this letter. He's, already, he's in prison. He's in change. So that's why you get this tone, this tenor. So we're going to pick up on uh, verse 3 of chapter 1. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. See, I want to start here. Joy in this particular letter, joy is mentioned about 14 times. So uh, this, this letter to the church of the, to the Philippians, it's, it's this, it, it speaks of joy. It's this, this letter of joy. And remember, it's a letter of joy and he's saying to rejoice and and he's reminding us of this joy. In the meantime, he's writing it as he's in prison. He's in chains. Wow. So now look again. He says, He who has begun a good work and you will will complete it until the day of Christ. Just as it is right for me to think this of you all because I have you in my heart in as much as both in my chains and in the defense of the confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers with me of grace. Wait a minute, that's a lot. What, did he, what the heck is he saying? Say, it's okay for me to, I, I understand this, I know this, this isn't, I'm not just making up some words here, I'm not just trying to give you some, some, some foofy, some, some, some sunshine and lollipops here. I have confidence in this. Why? Because the gospel from the first day and now, is, is, it's, it's all about this gospel that we know. It's all about this good news that, that Jesus, it's all about this, this thing that Jesus has done for us, done in us, done on us. So he's going to be faithful and he's going to complete it. Why? Because I haven't, I, all of this stuff that we have in our heart, all of this stuff that's been given to us by Christ, by His Spirit, all of this knowledge, all of this stuff that we have. Oh, and by the way, by the way, we're all partakers of this same grace. 
we have this grace. Now, Paul is speaking of great grace in the middle of being in chains, in bondage, in the middle of being imprisoned. He's speaking of this great grace. Wow. I have you in my heart and as much both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. I have you in my heart and in my chains and the confirmation. What's he talking about? He said, I have this confirmation in my chains. Well, I'm glad you asked because now we're going to jump ahead to Philippians verse 12. We're jumping ahead to 12, 1, 12. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. So that has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So what is he saying? That in my chains, even my chains prove that this grace of God is, it, it just proves the favor and the, and the power and the knowledge of the will of God. Your chains? Yeah, because look what he says. Look at what we just said right there. Because now even the palace guard is, is receiving the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody who knows now that I'm chained, they know that I'm chained because of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You see what he's saying? He thank, he's thanking God for grace. He's, he's acknowledging the grace of God, which we're all told is the favor of God. In the meantime, he's talking about the grace of God as it relates to him being in chains, being arrested. And he's talking about this palace guard. This is like the secret service of, of Romans, of the Romans. Let's just say it that way. He's now in the, pal- he's, he's the presence. Now the palace guard are talking about Jesus. Hallelujah. So even in my... T- See, I, I love. I, I want to go back now. I know. Come on now. You, <laughs> I'm going back. So now, with that in mind, let's go back to verse seven. Just as it is right for me to think this of you, of of you all, think what that the Lord who started this work in you is going to complete it. And it's right for me to think this of you. Why do I? Why, Paul? Because I have you in my heart, and as much both in my chains and the defense and the confirmation of the gospel. You all are partakers of the same grace that I have. That even in the middle of everything that's happening to me, I could see God's grace working in abundance. Why? Because even now, the palace guard and everybody is having to talk about Jesus Christ because they understand the only reason why I'm in these chains is because of Jesus Christ. And I'm willing to wear the chains. Hallelujah. Are you with me? So, what should we do then? Let's all go and get arrested. (laughs) Some of us will be before it's all over. Probably be me. (laughs) Probably. And I think about that a lot. So look what Paul says in that 14th verse. By my chains are much more... They're, see, they're becoming more confident. Many of the brethren have become more confident because of my chains. They're willing to speak out and be more bold because of my chains. Now we know that he says some because of jealousy. They're not as intimidated by him. They could go ahead and, and speak freely and not worry about you know, answering to Paul for what they say. Or they could, some of them maybe even are... are Making little variations of the gospel, or preaching some kind of you know uh, new age kind of thing with it, or whatever the case may be, but or, or the Gnosticism, but or even uh, trying to add Judaism to it and mix the two. We know all of that was happening then, all of it. But Paul is not speaking to that. Paul is speaking specifically that Jesus Christ is being glorified because of my chains. More people are being bold about it. Now, we just said something. My my dear sister here opened the door. If I got arrested uh, for preaching the gospel, I know some of you would be sad, but there would be some of you that would be speaking out, crying out, and, and you know just going to the newspapers or going to everybody. You'll be squashed and squelched too. But, uh, but it would bother you to the extent that you will know that what they say about me uh, is not true. He's intolerant. He's, you know, he's a hater. He's a racist. He's a homophobe. He's all of those things. All of those things that they're going to say about me, that you're, you're going to know that they're not true, so you're going to speak up about it. Amen. 
Because are you with me? Okay, so look, that, that, so, so that's, that's what Paul is talking about here. But now there'll be some that have been in and out of this church. There'll be some that have worked with me in other places. Oh, I knew that. Oh, I knew that. Oh, yeah. No. The problem is, my brothers and sisters, we're not all His sheep. We're not all His sheep. Remember, remember last week's message? We're, we're not all of, the, of, of, of His flock. And so, my brothers and sisters, those who are of His flock, those, are the, those who are uh, His sheep, we're going to come together and we're going to help each other out. Now, some of you might not be bold enough, but, but that's okay. But you might be in a place where God is using you and your boldness is simply this. Maybe not to speak it, and maybe not to run downtown or not to go to the jail and try to break me out or, or put a file in a cake or something like that or put it in the greens when you send me the greens. But it might not be that. But it might be simply just to go ahead and wherever you are, whatever God has put around you, you're ministering to them. Amen. See, and your chains are chains right now. It might not be anything about prison yet. Although there are some ministers in the Western world that are being arrested. Not just in China now. Not just in the Middle East now. Not just in Russia now. There are people in the Western cultures now who are starting to be persecuted and arrested. I've read a couple of articles even just this morning. This, the, the largest Protestant denomination is being lambasted. I don't necessarily believe, believe in their whole doctrine of theology, but they're being lambasted. And from, some time, from the inside. And it's only because the people on the inside are, are worried about their popularity or you know, how they look to this uh, cancel culture that we now have. And so now they're starting to you know, get a little bit nervous and, and starting to say, point fingers back at them and we're ashamed of our history and there were some people that did this and some people that did that and blah, 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 blah. Cowards. Cowards. Guess what? Men have never been perfect and we never will until we come to the completeness that we will when we see Jesus face to face. My brothers and sisters, but that gives me and you and any of us who are trying to walk in concert with the path that God has led for us to walk hand in hand, to walk yoked up with Jesus. That gives us no excuse to sin. So my brothers and sisters, my chains are... You know, it might not be that I've been arrested. Your chains might not be that you've been arrested yet. But you might be in a place, you might be working in a place that's a little bit hostile to Christianity. You might be a school teacher and you start, you're seeing now that the curriculums are changing. Okay? And, and you're seeing now, whoa, this is not right. But yet you, you have a choice. You have to do it. And, and, and you know maybe sometimes there are young people in that classroom who you want to affect positively, but, you ha- but you ha- you're kind of like muzzled. So you feel restrained. Come on. Young people. I want to talk to my young people right now. You know, you're learning things. They're teaching you things that are just half-truth. Only because they want to influence what you think and how you think. And believe me, this guy has nothing to do with black, white, Western, non-Western cultures. This has everything to do with Christ, Antichrist. Yes. Period. I don't care. I'll say it from the mountaintop and you can, you can tell me how stupid I am, how ignorant I am, and I'm going to tell you that this is spiritual. We battle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, right? Come on. So my brothers and sisters, this is not about geopolitics. This is about Christ, Antichrist. So we all are bearing some chains here, my brothers and sisters. But how are you doing it? And if you don't feel restrained or constrained in any way, you're probably doing it wrong. Amen. Or if you do feel constrained or restrained and you're really not reading or praying, I'll guarantee you it's your own flesh. It's your own flesh. I want to do this, but I can't do it. Well, did God call you to do it? Well, I, well young people, i got to talk to my young people again. Every decision that you're making, all of the things, if it is not based, if the foundation isn't started or isn't raised up from Jesus, from this Word, from Jesus Christ our Lord, my brothers, my young brothers, my young sisters, stop it. Don't do it. Don't make plans ahead of God. Don't build on anything that's not Jesus. 
don't do it. And it doesn't matter who's most popular, what this book says, what that book says, what this minister says, what Pastor Tony says, what does Jesus say? My brothers and sisters, my young brothers, my young sisters, there are many decisions that, that you have to make every day. And, and if you're young and you're making decisions about you know, where to go to college or you know, wh- wh- who you're going to date, uh, who you're going to spend time with, who you're trading messages with in the social networks and what you're looking at on Facebook or YouTube or all these other yeah. tools of the enemy. Whatever. I almost, man, I almost let it go. I'm telling you something. Before, man, when you're deciding on who to visit and who to spend time with and what you're looking at, think about this. If Jesus was standing right here next to me, would I do that? Or, yeah, okay, yeah, what would Jesus do? I know, we, that's all cliche and all that other stuff. We know what Jesus would do. What are you going to do? And so that's the thing, my brother and sister. And what you do, my young brothers and my young sisters, what you do should be based totally on who you know and who you're walking with as I'm holding up this Bible for the people that are listening. My brothers and sisters, my young brothers, my young sisters, man, everything we do, the decisions that we make, the, 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 the paths that we take, they need to be... They need to be anchored in what we know in our relationship with God. Period. That's it. Is it that simple, Tony? Yeah, it is. But it's hard for us to execute as human beings because our flesh wants to do something else. So that's why I said when I started this little, went on this little rant, if we're, listen, if our flesh is wanting to do something and we're feeling constrained for no other reason other than our flesh wants to do it, then my brother, that's a, that's, that's a good thing that you're conscious of that, but now you've got to go to Holy Spirit. You've got to go to God and by the Holy Spirit. That's where grace comes in. Now strengthen me, Lord, that I don't want to do these things. Strengthen me, Lord, to keep me from crossing these lines. Man. What are the chains? I mean, what... What kind of ch- what about the what about the chain chains of tradition? My family always did it this way. So now God is is taking us down a different path, and it shouldn't feel natural to us. It shouldn't. Nevertheless, I'm going to be yoked up with Him, and the more I follow Him, the more I understand Him, the more I execute His will in my life. Listen the more I execute by grace, all of those things that He's called me to, the more natural that begins and the other seems unnatural. But in the meantime, I've got these chains, you see. I've got these chains. Hallelujah. So let's go back to verse 8. For God is my witness how greatly I long for you with all all the affection of Jesus Christ. And this, verse 9, and this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. See, see, you see what he's saying? There's no question. You know, God is my witness how greatly I long for you with all the affection of Jesus. How much I love you. How much I want to be with you. How much I I care for you, right? I pray that your love may abound still more and more. Listen, in knowledge and discernment. In knowledge and discernment. Why do I need that? That you may approve the things that are excellent. That you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ. And these things are designed to praise and bring praise and to glor- and glorify God. But now, that you may approve the things that are excellent. Now, it, it, the Amplified says it a little bit like, this, so that you may surely learn to sense, now this is my word, to sense spiritually. Not, not to have your own human senses aroused or not, not to think in your mind or in your own heart or in your mind. So, so let me begin that again. So that you may surely learn to sense spiritually what is vital and approved 
and, and prized or what's valued with excellent and with real value, recognizing the highest and the best and distinguishing the moral differences. Okay, so now that's a lot of words. Let's go back. That you may approve the things that are excellent. That you may be, listen, that you may be aware spiritually that you're aware that you're discerning. You've learned them. How'd you learn them? Through the book. I've learned it. I've learned it from Christ Himself through His Word. And now His Holy Spirit helps me to discern. Amen? Are you there? So, so now, you want to be close to God. You want things to be right in your life. You want to... Okay, what are the key elements in that? Your relationship with God. Read and pray. Read and pray. Pastor, you always say that. Got nothing else. That's the key. Now let me ask you, and don't answer. How much did you read this week of the Bible? I'm not talking about it. I'm not, listen, I'm not talking about somebody else's book about the Bible. I'm not talking about somebody else's devotion. How much Bible did you read this week? How much did you pray this week? Stop. Let's compare that. How much were you on the social networks? How much emailing? How much computering? How much TV? Compare the two. If you're not abounding in the Spirit, could it be because of that? But you don't know, Pastor. I do because I suffer the same way. When I get home from work, I'm tired too. You know, in the morning, I'm looking to see how I can sleep instead of getting up out of the bed because I either was tossing and turning all night or something. Are you with me? I'm suffering the same thing that you are or some of you are. But my brothers and sisters, listen, there's no excuse. We need to, that's, that's every, we need to read and pray. We, if we want to abound, and if we want to have these things, and if we want to, ha- listen, if we want to have the knowledge and to be able to spiritually discern and not have somebody like me to tell you what's right, what's wrong, then, my, then you have to do that. The problem is because people in church, not necessarily the church, but people in church seem to be all okay with, I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to listen, I'm going to find a church that I like, I'm going to find a church that I like, and the pastor basically, I agree with all of that, and so what happens is you go out and you really don't have this knowledge or discernment. Why? Because you're going someplace that you kind of agree with already, so you're not kind of changed or anything. You're not taught anything. And so if you're not reading, then he could say anything. I could say anything. And as long as it sounds good to you, you're going to keep coming. And some of you who have stayed all these years, thank you very much. I appreciate it because it's darn sure not because of the sunshine and lollipops that I preach. I can tell you that right now. Huh? I will never get accused of sounding like Joel Olstein. That's for darn sure. However, the only thing I want to be accused of is preaching Christ and Him crucified. Amen? Hallelujah. So, so, so what happens? We, we, we never had this knowledge or discernment. And so now we walk along our merry way. And again, I'm not picking on you young people because a lot of times us older people and maybe some of us who are kind of in the middle, let me see, some of us who are in the middle, so maybe sometimes, or in the middle, maybe sometimes we, um, you know, we suffer the same thing. Just in different ways. But see, what I'm saying is then now you're going to be listening to so much of this propaganda that's out there. And so now, you're, and so now if you're a black person, you're going to listen to that propaganda. If you're a white person, you're going to listen to that propaganda. If you're an Asian person, you're going to listen to that propaganda. If you're a young person, you're going to be told all kinds of things, how you should think, what you should, you know, what, what's really happening. No, if you listen to all that stuff, you really don't have knowledge or discernment. Uh, boy, how come it got a little quiet then, didn't it? You notice that? I'm not trying to be controversial in any way. I'm not trying to foo-foo on any race, color, anything like that. Any, I'm not. I'm not. But what I'm simply saying is, my brothers and sisters, if we want true knowledge and discernment, we can't get it from these other social groups or these other racial groups or these other whatever. We can't get it from them. We have to get it from Christ Himself. But again, how much are we listening to them and how much are we reading this? Again, you can't turn on Christian TV and expect that you're going to get everything that God got. Hold on, ran the lips. That everything Christ and God wants you to have. 
You, you can't do that. Why? Again, because you're getting someone's opinion. And my brothers and sisters, the only way that you're going to know what, whether what I'm saying is actually true or not is by the Word and by the Spirit. And you can't have the Spirit without the Word, contrary to what a lot of people have think and have been taught. You cannot have Spirit without Word. My Word is Spirit and my Word is truth. He said that, I didn't. So now, I, I got this knowledge and all discernment. And so this, and, and because of that now, I'm going to be filled with these fruits of righteousness. Well, what are the fruits of righteousness? Glad you asked. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, right? Spirit of the, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All of these fruits are going to be evident in your life. Why? Because you're walking in this knowledge of the Lord. And listen, and you have this discernment so that you know what love looks like. You'll know what truth... See, because they're going to tell you, they, out there, people outside of God, outside of Christ, are going to tell you what, looks, what love looks like. And tolerance is love according to them. No, it's not! It's not! The Bible tells us so specifically... And we know we don't even need the Bible. I'm so glad that I had a mother and father who loved me enough to correct me when I was younger. Who punished me so that I would learn some lessons. When she tried to put me in order, I jumped out the window. But I still, I got the principle. I still know what she was trying to tell me. But do you understand? My brothers, we understand that. Our parents, our natural parents, love us enough to correct us. So why in the world? So that means, listen, if you want to, if, if you go by that, that means, you know, your little Brock Morton is bullying people at school, and that's okay, he, that's his call in life, he wants to be a bully, I, I need to tolerate that. Oh no. Little Brock Morton will get tossed out of school so quickly. Or how about this? You know, uh, my so-and-so, my little Brock Morton doesn't want to do any homework at all. Or my little Brock Morton can't wait till we get into the store and he's going to pitch a fit. You're going to let him do it? Why? Why? Because if you love him, you'll tolerate all that stuff, won't you? You see what I'm saying, my brothers and sisters? So, so there's this, this thing where, you know, all of a sudden, Almighty God, the amazing I Am, the one who created everything, the one who clothes himself in approachable light, that one, he should not be allowed to have any rules, regulations, and he shouldn't be allowed to love his children enough to correct us when we're wrong. No, it's because He does love us that He corrects us. It's because He does love us that we go ahead and listen, the Word it ends up being sharper than any two-edged sword sometimes, doesn't it? Why? Because it reads me. When I'm reading that Word, it's reading me. See, that's why we need to read it. Amen. I'm so glad I got one granddaughter back there listening to me. And when she said that, I heard, Go, Pop, Pop, Go. See? <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. See, tell me that church doesn't bring you joy. Tell me, see, out of the mouths of babes and sucklings. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm about to blow a gasket up here now. Hallelujah. So, so now let's go to, I'm going to bring you another scripture. I'm going to bring you Ephesians, but not the, it's going to be chapter 5, verses 8 through 11. You were once in darkness, but now you are in light, light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all godliness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable, here we go again, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. So now you see in both cases here. Let's go back. You don't have to go back with me. Just listen to me. So now remember in verse 10 of Philippians it says that you may approve the things that are excellent. How are you doing that? You're doing that in knowledge and discernment, right? Okay. So then, and out of that knowledge and discernment, you're going, you're walking in your life and you have these fruits of the Spirit evident in your life. Fruits of righteousness evident in your life. Why? Well, it starts with knowledge and discernment and you're walking it out, right? Amen? Okay. So now we see in Ephesians the same thing. And in verse 10 of chapter 5, it says, Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Similar. Similar. Accept that. 
You're learning by experience. You're actually walking this thing out. You're not sitting there trying to figure it out first. You already have some knowledge. And now you're walking in this knowledge that you have. And when you misstep, Holy Spirit taps you and says, "Uh -uh. uh-uh. That's not what that means. Uh Uh-uh. That's not me. Come on. See, so now look, you have the knowledge and you have some discernment. This is talking about using it, I think. My opinion is this is talking about actually putting this to work and you're learning and growing more. See, I can go ahead and I can, I can read a bunch of things. I, my son is very good at this. He's able to read a lot of things and then put what he reads into action. I'm not as good. I'm going to take, I'm going to read something, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to try and do it, but I'm going to probably learn more by making a couple of mistakes. Like we were talking uh, recently about uh, one Christmas I bought Michelle a vanity. And uh, I, I, when I looked at it, when I saw the picture of it, and I, I thought, saw the sizes of it and everything, I thought this would be the perfect thing. Okay? So now, I take it out of the box, I start putting it together. It's not really what I thought it would be. Now I've got to take it apart. God bless you. I've got to take it apart and try to fit it back into this box that it came in. So I learned something. Right? The better, better example is one time she bought something. I, mean, I hate that. You, know, we, you, know, you buy this first, you look so great, then you've got to put it together. So I'm putting this thing together, and I'm pretty much following the directions. I'm reading, and I'm following the directions, and I've got a couple of men smiling at me right now. I'm, I'm pretty much following the directions, and I've and I got this thing almost put together. But then, I had a piece wrong. So guess what I had to do? Take it apart and start all over again. See, that's what this is talking about. You're going to go ahead and you're going to learn by experiment. You've got to put it to work. What you think you know, put it to work. Amen. Thank you. Put it to work. Jesus. And then when you're walking this path, God is going to help you out. See, you're not walking it alone. God the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit God is in you. He's on you. He's speaking through His Word. He's speaking to some of you right now. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Man, we've made some bad decisions, haven't we? We've made some bad decisions. And we walked a way that God really didn't intend us to go. Isn't that right? But guess what? He didn't leave us abandoned because we walked a different way. He still hung with us and spoke to our hearts, put people... He let us take some bumps and bruises. He let it happen. He let me take some bumps and bruises. And guess what? From those bumps and bruises, I said, uh-uh, i got to turn, change my direction. i got to go a different way now. Amen? Amen? So I'm learning what's pleasing to the Lord by experiment. I'm living it. And guess, and I can't be afraid because if I make a mistake, then, oh, well, you know, God's going to throw me to the curb or I'm going to make a fool out of myself and people aren't going to like me. Guess what? They don't like you anyway. Amen. And I'm going to tell you who the worst ones are. The ones that are in front of your face telling you how much they like you. Do I sound cynical? Truthful. I love those who are, love me enough to be honest with me, Michelle. Mm-mm. Right? That's, that's all we need to do. That's all. My brothers and sisters, it's not, it's not that hard. It is hard. It's a hard life. Don't get me wrong. It's not peaches and cream. But it's not that hard to understand the direction that God wants us to go. He makes it plain. He doesn't hide Himself from us. And he doesn't kick us to the curb when we, when we make a mistake and we, you know, the path that we thought that we were supposed to be on is not the right one. But my brothers and sisters, if we continue to wait for him to light it up and say, here it is, Here's, it's lit up like a runway, it's not going to happen. I'm going to tell you, especially not when you're not reading and praying. When you're reading and praying, you've got a better shot. But you're still going to mess up. Why? Because you're flesh. And you're still battling your own flesh. So you're still going to make a mistake. You're still going to do something wrong. But don't settle for that and don't think that it's okay. It's not okay. My goal is to live in the presence of God. My goal is to walk the path that that He's laid out for me. Yes, I love it that He loves me enough to give me a beating, but that doesn't mean I want one. You ever hear that cliche? I mean... (laughs) It's going to hurt 
me more than it's going to hurt you. No, it ain't. <laughs> then let me go ahead and take the belt and hit you with it. How about that? I heard my father tell me, man, it was like hitting myself. Yeah, right. <laughs> my father didn't spank me that much. My mother tried to. <laughs> but let me just say this honestly, and, I, and I'm you know, making a little bit fun here, but, let's, but, but think about this, and this is what I think about. My father did say that. You know, it's like, it was like hitting myself. No, it wasn't. But I, I, I love the fact that God, our Father, cares and loves us so much that basically He did punish Himself. He did. He took a body. And He took a beating that neither, none of us could take. He paid the price for me that I couldn't pay myself. So He knows exactly what it felt like. Amen? All right. Now listen, that's all I have from Holy Spirit. But I want to I, 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 I show you something because I still... Just give me five minutes and I, I don't know how this ties in. I'm just going to... I'm being nudged. You can see this, this little note page that I have right here. This is something I wrote down a couple weeks ago. And I lo- alluded to it last week. Quickly. And uh, it was at the end of the service. And you could see it's coffee stained and it's... And I was... I, don't, I can't even remember. It's been a couple of weeks now. In one of my quiet times, I just wrote this note. And this is what I wrote. The issue is not forgiving yourself. It is receiving His forgiveness. You remember your failures and your sin. He forgets them. You've messed up. Things didn't turn out exactly how you wanted them to. You're trying to, make, you're trying to do the best you can to make amends for it or to live the straight and narrow or to do these things. Stop it. Stop it. Forgive all of those who you're kind of throwing that at. You're the, the, you're, you're the peace that you're lacking because you can't really and wholly receive the forgiveness that God has given you. You're casting that on other people. You're letting your unhappiness because of your own failure, because your own perceived sins or missteps, and you're looking at others, and you're holding that against them. So you're not forgiving other people because you don't feel like you're forgiven. But, Pastor, I thought it works the other way. It does. Jesus said that you have to forgive others in order for you to be forgiven. But you have to first receive His forgiveness. Receive it. Understand that all of those things that you've done, all of those mess-ups, if you truly went to Him and you asked Him to forgive you, they're forgiven. So now you don't have to hold your bitterness or your missteps or your whatever, however you want to describe that, your emotional scrambled eggs, you don't have to hold that against somebody else. You don't have to see them as you. But now I want to talk to somebody in this room or somebody listening. In order for you to receive His forgiveness, you have to acknowledge that you are sinful. No matter how good you think you are, no matter how tight you think you're walking, no one, no one is without sin and no one can walk like Jesus walked without Him. And the only way you get to receive Jesus and to live in His presence is to first go to Him in repentance and ask Him, acknowledge that I don't measure up to you, Jesus, but I I want to. Jesus, I realized that that's such a severe punishment was just because what? Because I'm not totally honest. I'm a good person. I don't hurt anybody. I don't, you know, I don't cheat anybody. I don't curse. I don't say bad words. I don't take drugs. I don't do, I've never committed a crime. I haven't even broken the speed limit. Come on. It's, so, if I, so, you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not like some of these other people. I don't, no. 
the fact is, maybe you did break the speed limit. And because you did, that's offensive to God. Maybe you did not say what you felt about that person, but you said it under your breath. Or you, That's offensive to God. So my brothers and sisters, no matter who you are in this room, no matter who you are listening, first, let's go to the foot of the cross and let's acknowledge that none of us are holy. But He is. And He does require holiness and the only way that I could achieve that is to go to the foot of the cross and admit that I am sinful by nature and now I need to repent of that and go His way. Can, we agree on that, don't we? Amen? And so some of us who maybe have, listen, we did that, but there's this, this process that hasn't fully taken place yet and because you know I started out on that path and I've, I've done some things wrong and there's been some, some dirty water that went under the bridge, if you know what I'm saying. There's been some dirty water that went under the bridge and, and, you know, and sometimes I, the devil brings that to my remembrance or my own flesh. I remember, so it causes me to act out. I, I, I'm a little bit harsh to other people or I, you know, I'm just so unhappy on the inside, I withdraw. I'm just depressed. I don't maybe necessarily take it out on other people, but I'm taking it out on myself. I don't deserve to be happy. I don't deserve to experience... Oh, I'm preaching to somebody. I don't deserve... Listen, I don't deserve the joy of the Lord. This is the flip Philippians. We're talking about the, 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 the book of joy, the letter of joy. I don't deserve joy. Why? Because I've made so many mistakes in my life and, and, and I just can't shake them. I can't get rid of them. Receive His forgiveness. Receive His forgiveness. Amen. Amen. I love you. But more importantly, God loves you. And none of us have to leave here today feeling bad. Everyone can leave out of the, no matter what's happening, no matter what you find yourself in the middle of. I'm not saying when you walk out this door, it's all gone, it's over. No. But what I am saying is, no matter what storm is waiting for you this week, there's also a God who will carry you through the storm. Yes, yes. Or, He might be the God in that moment that calms the storm. Either way, same God loves you the same way and you're going to make it. Period. That's it. Amen? Stand with me, please. Do something a little bit different today. God spoke. If God spoke to your heart, put your hand up. Okay. Now, if you know, listen, if you know my brothers and sisters, specifically, specifically. Man, can we, Tony, just play something. I don't care what it is. Just play something. Can we just take a few minutes? And you don't need me to pray over you, but can we just pray as a congregation and just trust and believe God so that, listen, when we walk out of here together, whatever we need as individuals, it's done. Can we do that? We're going to pray in agreement. I may pray out loud. If you want to pray out loud, please do. But my brothers and sisters, young brothers, young sisters, listen, Young brothers and young sisters, hear me. Hear me. Please, I'm begging you. Let this week start a new week in your relationship with God. Make sure that every decision that you're making, all of the things that you're visiting, everything is to the edification of yourself spiritually. Amen? All right, all right, all right. So let's pray. Oh, that's beautiful, Tony. Hallelujah.
Father, as we lift these things to you, Lord, we ask that you would take them once and for all. Father, heal our hearts. Father, in Jesus' name, allow us to receive the forgiveness. Father, in Jesus' name, wash us clean. Wash us clean. Father, though our sins may be as scarlet, you will make them white as snow. We receive that now in the name of Jesus. Forgive us, O Lord. Renew us, O Lord. Put us on the path that you've chosen for us, Lord. Holy Spirit, this week, we pray that you would lead, guide, and direct us according to your great word. Let the words come alive in our hearts and let it be let it be our energy. Let your word be what energizes us this week. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, Lord, when he tries to overwhelm us with these bad thoughts, when when our own flesh even rises up to point out other people's faults, Lord, in Jesus' name, would you please overwhelm us with your Holy Spirit that we may have forgiveness, joy, and peace and we may walk in all of this fruit of righteousness that you've provided for us that all of these things Lord that are part of being in communion with you we receive it Lord in your great name hallelujah 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 We just sang it. So all I can say is, God bless you and go in peace. Have a great week.